0: And yes, we're borrowing a lot of, we're taking, borrowing, learning from the culture of of home sewers and that community village village feel. But I think the main
1: problem might be that we are told that this is a competitive industry, but we never asked why. We're always using plant metaphors in the collective, right? But there's
2: (laughs) a lot of different like, Things that have to come together to make something flourish to its full potential. Hello, welcome to Underdressed, the podcast where we talk about the clothes under our clothes and exactly how they get made. My name is Trudy Gardner. I'm the freelance designer behind Wayfinder Lingerie. In this show, I'll be exploring the art, practice and technical execution of intimate apparel. We'll be taking a behind-the-scenes look at this industry and trying to understand exactly how designers balance creativity with functionality, specifically as it pertains to our hard-working yet delicate base layers. Thanks for listening. I'll see you in the show. Hello, welcome, and thank you for being here. I have another really good episode today, which I thoroughly enjoyed recording. <laughs> I wanted to title this... This episode the podcast that almost never happened because we had so much trouble at the start to get through some technical difficulties but but it happened in the end and I'm so glad it did because I I really enjoyed having the conversation even though some parts of it we had more than once But um, it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. A theme that sort of weaves its way through this whole episode is community versus competition and how we can build community in an environment that was often typically in the past seen as very competitive and so an environment where information wasn't shared and how we can grow out of that um, I listened to another podcast episode this morning. It was called Do You Really Have Competition? <laughs> and it's a it's a bit of a different topic. It's by Jonathan Stark. He's a software engineer who creates um who does podcasts or or teaches uh engineers how to build so- freelance careers. But the point the point that he often comes back around to is that there's lots of space for everyone in in a lot of industries there's so much there's knowledge is so expansive and there's so many ways that you can contribute in a way that's both meaningful to yourself and to the broader picture Um, and I feel like I feel like we we dance around that topic throughout this episode and I often dance around this topic in many of my episodes because I feel as I feel like it's an important one and it's one that I like to continue to explore. So anyways, enjoy the episode. And if you have any comments or questions, or you just want to say anything to me, um, Instagram is a good place to to check me out. I'm underdressed, uh, lingerie on Instagram. So, so go ahead, enjoy the episode and, uh, I'll see you in the show. Okay, let's try one more time. Let's give another welcome. Okay, welcome today. We have a special episode on the Intimate Apparel Technical Collective, and we have the founder Nicola here with us, and then me and Sophia who help out behind the scenes to help to help the collective run. So um, let's start out by defining what the collective is. Nick, can you tell us in your words what what, what is the collective?
0: Yeah, um, exciting. Thanks, Judy. It's great to be here and have another chance to have a a chat with you guys. Um, So the Intimate Apparel Technical Collective is essentially a professional network for technical practitioners and product developers within the intimate apparel industry. And why is that? The reason it was established is really quite simple. It's just to create a space where the people that are actually creating and building the product can connect, can come together, share ideas, connect on our skills, our passions, Um, because that's something in my experience of the industry, I hadn't... So the Intimate Apparel Technical Collective is a professional network the technical practitioners and product developers within the intimate apparel industry, so that's lingerie, swim loungewear, and sportswear. And uh, the reason I felt the desire to to create this um, is really just to create a space where we can come together and connect and share our skills, our passions. Because in my experience of the industry, that wasn't something I had I had seen a lot of, um, and it was almost a taboo to share to talk to people outside of the job, the role, the company where you worked. Um, should I explain a bit around what it actually is and what we do, the structure? That might be helpful. Yeah, you do that part. Yep. Anyone listening? Yeah. So, um. Essentially, like I say, the structure is quite simple and I'm really trying to to keep it that way and the emphasis just being on a community and connection. Uh, so at the moment, we we meet online, we have gatherings online once a month and we alternate between them being about connection and networking and a technical discussion where we have a specific topic and we often invite experts from the industry to come in and share. And we also talk about topics which are really current and alive and sort of juicy. So there's those two different kind of gatherings with opportunity to get to know each other, but also you know to learn something really interesting about the industry. Um, we also use Slack. We have a Slack community with, if you know Slack, there's the opportunity to have different channels and to talk around different topics and conversations. You can also direct message uh, direct message other members. Um, so we have group conversations and direct communications on Slack. We have a, a just one monthly newsletter that comes out by email. Um, which Trudy is fantastic at putting together for us, which really summarizes just what's what's going on in the community, what our topic is that month, the Zoom link uh, to the gathering, um, and we. Another thing we do is offer workshops. So if there's a area where we feel the community would like to learn more on, where there's a a first there a hot topic at the moment is 3d design, as, as you two both know well um and we're planning a new season of workshops on that which is really exciting um and that that that's a really lovely sort of add-on feature that members can opt going to go into workshops to learn a particular thing uh, if they want to um what else do we have guys have i forgotten anything we also do we have instagram which sophia is amazing at running um we like to feature members on social media once a month we do a member feature to really celebrate and spotlight a member we have in real life gatherings once a year which we we just did in january january and hope to roll out at least once a year yeah that's the top line thing and lots of little bits and pieces in between
2: yeah, love it. Love it. Yeah. So that was a great overview on on the ways that we connect. Cause that's what it is, right? Like essentially yeah. it's just an opportunity to connect with other intimate apparel designers. And that's that's a great example of all the different ways that we can do it. Um, I'd like to break down a few of those topics. So um the the community gatherings, I, I think that's kind of pretty straightforward. We just kind of sit and chat. Sometimes it's on a Sometimes we have like a defined subject. Sometimes it's just networking. Like we just mm. break out into groups and kind of chat. Um, and then the technical topics. Can we um, talk about some of the ones, maybe our favorites? Yeah. I'll start with mine. <laughs> 3D, I, wonder, 3D I, wonder, I 3D wonder what it is. <laughs> <laughs> 3D design. It's been pretty hard to find, uh, t- to be able <laughs> to talk to anybody doing 3D design. It's parallel to when you um, whenever bring it up <laughs> to see how people are using it and and uh and how it can be used because the more that I practice in it the more that I realize that it definitely has utility um and Sophia I think feels the same
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but like uh what I like about the the technical discussions in the collective is not just that we talk about what in right now like what's trendy like obviously i'm very excited about close 3d and just 3d design in general but also we did one that was about sewing about the handmade quality of the garments which is like kind of the antithesis like one it is really the is, yeah. most new thing ever and the other one is the the old one the the thing that has been from generations and i like that like that both things come together in the collective. Like there's a space mm-hmm. for everybody, for the, the the people like who want to learn everything that's new and that are very excited about the yeah like the the um, experiments and things like that. And for the people who has been who have been making this, making fashion for ages and we can appreciate the craft and the skills that go into it. So yeah, I
0: think those two oh, are my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so important, right? I mean, and that's that's what innovation is—knowing what to hang on to, what's valuable about the past and our heritage, and then how we can find something new and look at a new way of doing it. And like, yeah, that intersection where those two things meet, and so uh, yeah, brand new things are born.
2: I love that answer. Yeah. And it's so true because to really get the most out of like 3D design and the new stuff, you really have to have an established understanding of how it's already done. Like you have to have an understanding of how a garment comes together and particularly if we're talking about like the hardest part, the hardest thing to do in 3D is like underwires or structured garments. So if you have a base knowledge on what it's supposed to do, the way that's supposed to come together, the way that it's supposed to function, you'll have mm. a much better time of understanding like how to apply it to 3D rather than starting in 3D and just kind of like making it up because then you end up with a, a cool 3D garment, but not one that's translatable to an actual physical garment. Um, yeah. wh- what's been one of your favorite um, topics, Nicola?
0: Mm. Oh, wow i'm i'm really excited about one coming up actually maybe i'll talk about that um next month it's out on social media so i can say it um it's it's about lace um and lace lace revival so we're really embracing this topic of looking backwards and forwards at the same time and i think lace is such a good example of this in the industry at the moment um so obviously lace has been around for hundreds probably thousands of years and the really old handmade like bobbin victorian laces are so beautiful you know no one would no one would say we want to get rid of that you know no one it's just it's like an antique and it inspires so many of us as designers but the the pace at how the industry is evolving, how the planet is evolving, you know, things, things we need as consumers, things our environment needs to survive, these all put a lot of demands on a very traditional industry. And so our conversation is going to be looking at this and how can we merge the two, really celebrate what's beautiful about this craft and move it forward in a way which is exciting and regenerative for the industry and and all the the people in that supply chain so in a way that that works really well for the lace suppliers for the yarn producers for the designers for the brands and retailers for the end consumer is there a way we can create product which means all the people in the supply chain can can thrive and have what they need so that's coming up next week yeah hey. that's beautiful yeah that was a great definition
2: and um it sparked my memory on the interfilière um showcase that the intimate apparel technical collective did sophia actually had the opportunity to um Acquire some dead stock laces, and create uh, a garment from it, as well as a few other designers in the collective. Can you um, can you guys tell us about that experience?
1: Should I refer to Nicola? <laughs> Me?
0: Me, Sophia. Yeah, it was it was it was more your experience than mine. I would love to hear about your your process around that.
1: I I was very excited about that because. I love lace and I, for my brand, I like the, the one thing that I explore is in lace. <laughs> like I love French lace and the liver's lace, all of that. So when we had the opportunity to work with uh, Noyon Darker, Darker uh, they gave us some pieces of their stock lace. Uh, I think most of that was non stretch lace and that comes with limitations in terms of the design for lingerie but also it's my favorite kind of lace because i think it's it's more detailed than it has more texture than the the, regular, the elastic lace so i really enjoy making something out of it and especially given that it was dead stock lace and probably like such small pieces they they weren't going to do anything with them like probably it, it was going to sit in a warehouse or maybe thrown away so I thought it was a very beautiful idea to give us the the lace so we could do something beautiful with that and showcase how beautiful the lace is and also like the all the process because the the point of the exhibition was not just to show the piece, the finished pieces, but also like in progress uh, 12 or uh, yeah, like samples, uh, half-made samples. And they were they weren't like behind a glass or anything. They were on a table, and people could interact with them and see the details. And I think that was an amazing idea because. So many people don't know how lingerie is made. Well, don't know how clothes are made, but even in the industry, they don't, they aren't fully aware of all the steps that are behind making a bra. Like a bra is super complex and th- it has all these different kinds of stitching, like different kinds of zigzag stitching, lock stitch, double stitching. So I think it was, it was, uh, it was very nice and it was uh, very like I felt like it was um, like kind of recognizing the the the, the work that is behind all mm. of the industry that usually is just the, the finished product like the design the colors uh, but mm. not the work that is under the, the skills that are behind all that
0: yeah, yeah thank you for that I I really felt that I Personally I just felt so proud. <laughs> that was the main emotion seeing it and hearing you speak about it now. Um pr- proud of you all as individuals and proud of us as a collective. Um and proud on a kind of bigger collective level, industry scale, that we were at an industry event where yeah, we were celebrating the people, the practitioners behind behind the, these designs, um, and we must mention Concepts Paris, of course, who invited us to do it and then, and made this uh, yeah collaboration happen. And yeah, really, it was a a celebration of of the people and what what we can do by collaborating.
2: Yeah, it was really beautiful. I loved seeing all the pieces. Sophia's like. Honestly, like, I'm a big fan. Like, I'm a fangirl of Sophia. I love your designs. Like, I go to your <laughs> site, and I just, like, they're so beautiful. And, yeah, you can tell that your love of lace is, like, it bleeds through your designs. It's so good. And I want to give a shout out to the other designers that were at uh, interfilier with you. So, we had Molly. I- I'll let you run through them.
0: Nick? Yeah. Oh, testing me you now. It was a while ago. Yeah. Molly uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll pull them up. we had intimate apparel samples that's maxine and caitlin and gwen i think uh sophia um did we say amelia 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 from studio what's her studio called underneath i think underneath yeah i think that was everyone yeah i think i'll pull it up i don't want to miss anyone i know i know we can't miss anyone um I think, I oh think God it's it like before. in an old yeah email that was the you got that. okay yeah we'll we'll can put it in the show notes <laughs>
2: yeah I will for sure link everybody below and um yeah it was it was really interesting I loved I loved seeing it I loved seeing the collective as part of Interfilia as well um Oh and uh, yeah, me and Sophia talked a little bit about that. I think did we talk about it in the podcast that we did the the first recording? Me and me and Sophia Maybe. tried to record a few
1: podcasts. So yeah, could, I don't know <laughs> I one I think. which one was that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I don't remember which one was like the one that is out or the one that didn't make
2: it <laughs> right yeah I think it's the one that out because it was it's it's really cool because like you talked about how you went to into Filiere a couple like a while ago and then and then as like the first time seeing it and experiencing it and then now a few years later fast forward and you get to be a part of it so you know through the collective. Like this is the thing. This is why I love the collective. It's like it gives you opportunities to connect mm-hmm. with the industry in a way that isn't possible sort of to do as an independent individual.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so that's... grateful for the collective to to give us this opportunity.
0: Yeah. Oh. You're very welcome. Um yeah, it really is um growing that, I think. I think we're as we're sort of getting bigger and more established and a lot of people have now heard about us and are attracted to what we're doing you know even if they're not practitioners um so I think the opportunity for collaboration so an individual or a company to to raise their profile but also really step into what they want to be doing it's I think that the platform really is um raising um which is amazing and super exciting
2: Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, This is the full disclosure. This is like the fourth time we're recording this. So um, (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to like we we got into the topic before about how Sophie and I both come from like this home sewing background and we've been how to how to cultivate this craft sort of through our own these like underground channels like the home sewing community that's very very open and very happy to share the knowledge because it really comes from a place of passion like most of these people are trying to learn to sew for themselves or the family around them and they we're all like we're all just like how do we how do we do the best at what we're trying to do and we're like everybody's plugged into each other and even all of the independent designers are very happy to share their knowledge there's blog posts that Sophia herself has a, a few blogs posts out there um and then once we stepped out of that world and tried to plug into the industry it was you get a lot of like dead space a lot of silence like a lot of people who just don't really Like I, I appreciate that time is valuable and there's not necessarily time to answer you know the questions that that get sent at you um when you're a professional but um I found that the collective is not I, I haven't found that um, that attitude, mm. or I don't mm. know what the word I'm looking for is, but it's been very open, and and the people in the collective have been very willing to share.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I'm grateful for you bringing up the kind of home, sewers industry today, and it, it hadn't occurred to me before now that that is your shared background, Sophia and Trudy. Um, whereas mine is more the sort of traditional academic and industrial route um and it's yeah you're absolutely right when you're working from home or starting as a hobby it's it's just love and if you learn something you want to share and that feels good you know you want to help your friends and your community but then if you come at it from the industry side that's that's not there at all and it is about it the collective is about meeting in that place in the middle. And yeah, so we're borrowing a lot of we're taking borrowing learning from the culture of of home sewers and that community village village feel. And and, and that's also why, even though we say we're a professional network, it, it's really open to anyone who is passionate and interested in in this these disciplines and you don't even you don't have to have skills to come because you can learn them here all you really need is passion and and will and desire oh
2: it's beautiful <laughs> you would love that and like yeah as you as you're talking i guess i guess the difference is when you when you bring money into it, like when you're, when your a business for profit, um, now you competition and with that competition, I guess that's in, in one of our previous tried recordings, I asked, uh, mm-hmm. like, what's the root of the secrecy? Um, mm-hmm. so I guess that's, that's sort of where I'm going. Like it's, mm-hmm. it has to do with like the competition and, um,
0: yeah it's a yeah. big question isn't it what way yeah, or why it comes down to competition because we know as young designers coming into the industry we we know it's, it's competitive we're told it's competitive we're taught it's competitive and you need to stand out you need to have the edge you know if you're not good enough there'll be 10 people behind you that are Um, so it's definitely deep in the culture why that is I feel like there's so much there that could be unpicked but I
1: think the main problem might be that we are told that this is a competitive industry but we never ask why why should it be competitive Mm -hmm. like what's Mm -hmm. the reason for that it's I think there's a place for everyone like maybe you are more specialized in this kind of garment and these other people is specialized in this other thing and you can work together and you can grow more together than you can do. To- that you could do individually. Like Trudy and I we yeah. like Close 3 of course. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm more interested in the pattern making side of it, and Trudy is more interested on the 3D side. But we have collaborated a lot and I have learned so much from her. And I hope she has learned from me too. <laughs> so we like I I wouldn't be able to do what I do with Close 3D if I hadn't had Trudy to help me with that if I hadn't had the collective to bring us together and everything. So yeah. I think, yeah, like the the hashtag that we use on Instagram so often, the community over competition hashtag, I think that's true. Like you mm-hmm. can achieve so much more with the help of others around you. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And there's so much um, fear still. I still feel fear a lot from designers around sharing and it's so sad, you know, at the end of the day we're we're making clothes, which is important, but it's not life or death and there's real genuine fear around how we how we work um which personally I just feel is very toxic as a culture and ripples out into many other areas of our life and um and it's not it isn't founded on anything. I think once all 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 we need to move towards collaboration is to, well, even if you feel the fear, do it anyway, as they say, you know, and to know the fear, to understand why the fear is there, because we've culturally been taught you need to be scared. Um, But actually that there is no reason and we're all just humans and there's, there's certainly space for everyone to be whatever they want.
2: Yeah, that's, I totally agree, Sophia. I've learned so much from you, um, and and I felt like I've like I, I felt like it's been collaborative. Like because you're so much more experienced than me. When I when I connected with you, I always felt like I hope I'm providing enough value to make this to make this exchange of knowledge valuable for for both of us. So so thank you for letting me know that I've been helpful for you mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, I've learned a ton from you. Um and-
0: Trudy I'd love to add there like you I remember you saying the similar thing to me around the collective like I don't really know if it's okay for me to be here or what I can bring in the beginning you're like um, is it even okay for me to be here you know I'm not a professional Um, and I've always felt from the beginning just how much value you bring just by bringing you and your enthusiasm your excitement, your passion, your, your thirst to learn, which is the strongest I felt for many of our members. Like that, that energy fuels so many of us in what we're doing just to experience that energy. So with a, yeah, when people come together, even if you, you don't have certain skills, you'll still be positively impacting them. Oh, <laughs> this episode is gonna make me cry. I love it. <laughs> um
2: <laughs> Yeah, because it's so true. And I guess, you know, like that's what I would say to my son too. Like when you mm. when you enter a new environment, you don't know anything. Like, but you're a human going through this life experience and the things that resonate with you, just the fact that they resonate with you and like that that you want to pursue. that whatever interest is it grows that that area of knowledge like you add to it by by being interested in it It, you know if that makes any sense but
0: absolutely it's like um it's like if you're growing a plant and someone I don't know if this metaphor is gonna work (laughs) but like someone has the seed with like the information in it but like you're the sun or the water yeah yeah that, like yeah that's out.
2: beautiful yeah exactly like there's different to to for something to grow to become something new there's all of like the we're always using plant metaphors in the collective right but there's <laughs> a lot of different like things that have to come together to make something flourish to its full potential mm-hmm. Office. Yeah, and even yeah. for
1: people who aren't professionals in the industry, I think they have a place in the collective too, because they may see some situations through new eyes. Like we maybe are used to see something, as we have been told in the industry, this is like this. But maybe people who come from outside, they can, yeah, like they have a new way of looking at things and we can all learn from that too. So Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Um, okay so um talking about learning we do workshops um in the collective and this is a bit of a shameless plug <laughs> yeah. so and I have Sophie and I have a a spring um what do, what do we call it like it's the spring like the workshop spring program yeah. yeah and um it's super cool <laughs> again just coming like straight from like me and Sophia's passion in in 3D <laughs> <laughs> we've been working together. So Sophie and I have been working for months together behind the scenes, just sharing and growing our knowledge on, on how to use it and how it's most applicable um, for intimate apparel, because it's, it's very, very hard to find information on how Mm. to use clothes 3d specifically for intimate apparel. You can find lots of um, lots of tutorials on like how to make a shirt or how to make a collar or how to add a button stand. But like um, we're not going to be going into underwires and boning and channeling and stuff, but just like, how to find the appropriate materials, or how to apply lace, or or just drafting period in cloth 3d. It's not um, not knowledge. That's just not knowledge that I've found. And if it is, like I'm always happy to hear whatever other people might have uh, suggestions on. But, um, anyways, <laughs> rambling. Sophia and I have a series of workshops coming up. It will be um, on using Cloth3D to create intimate apparel. So Sophia will be showing us how to draft in Cloth3D. Um, we'll be doing a panty, I think, is what we settled on. Yeah. Um. So Sophia is going to show us how to draft a panty from um, an original design. I will take that draft like that drafted pattern and turn it into a 3d prototype and then sophia's going to show us how to grade that panty and then i'm going to show us how to apply it to a series of graded avatars and so the point of this is when you're developing your product you can test so you start with your draft and you can test it out in cloth 3d and see how it comes together check your style lines check the placement of your lace all that kind of stuff to see um before you make a sample, so before you have to go to the factory and get a sample made, you can already see, get an idea of what this product's going to look like. And, and then after that, you would probably send it to the factory, get your sample made, refine the, the draft and the fit and everything. And then you grade that sample, which you can do in CLO 3D, and then apply it to a set of graded avatars. So now you can see your that panty now on the full size range that you've made in the body types that you've made them for. And now, and then a guess, like, and then, sorry, assess again, do these style lines work? Does my grading work? Did I, is the seam at the side, the appropriate length, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's really about building efficiencies into your um, product development. It, it doesn't replace, like you, you might replace one or two samples using Clo3D. Um, and especially like pattern changes. Like if you, when you, when you get that pattern back and you're like, okay, um, I want to change the seam line a little bit more to the front you can apply that change and look at it in Clo3D before you send it back to the sample so uh, before you send it back to the factory for another sample so anyways that's the point of the workshop is to go through how we can use Clo3D specifically for intimate apparel Um do you want to add
1: on to that anything Sophia? No I think you have explained everything <laughs> but yeah I think it it will be very interesting you could um sign up just for one part. It, it's going to be four parts, the whole workshop, and two of them are going to be taught by me and two of them by Trudy. So even if you already know how to draft in Clo, maybe you are interested in how to grade or in how to grade the avatar. So it's kind of a choose your own adventure. You could do the whole workshop and have uh, like a, a more comprehensive vision of the all of the workflow. But if you are just interested in one part, uh, I think it's uh, yeah, like you can do just that that one part.
0: Do you Great. have anything to add? To I it? can't yeah. wait. Um, yeah, it's yeah, going to be. yeah. No, I'm I'm really excited to see you both in action, and I it, it's beautiful the way you've collaborate collaborated as you as you said earlier, each collaborating on your passion, but each bringing your your separate skill sets and strengths to it. So I think yeah, the participants are in for a real treat um, and also I know software generally for patterns grading is, is something is one of those areas that's less talked about um, outside of a company and, and we often get questions from designers like I don't even know where to start like what software what's the difference what's the best for intimate apparel how much does it cost particularly if you're an independent designer or a small studio yeah, that's a really important decision um so I think this will be a really good taster for those people of Clo3D and what you can do for intimate apparel and I also what I really love about our workshops is the interactive element so they're not just a tutorial where you're just watching and receiving the information like you you might find on YouTube um, but there's actually opportunity to ask questions practice alongside ask questions on on what you're you're actually doing um and we we keep the groups fairly intimate i think we've kept these at, at 12 so there really aren't a lot of places and and that's because it's it's really important we do create a space that feels safe and comfortable so people can can share uh within share amongst each other the participants and share with the facilitators and ask questions and just really work on building you know that trust and moving moving away from fear and yeah towards trust and community i love that we always seem to
2: circle around circle back around the community of it because that's for sure um I mean the value, the real value of of the collective, like the existence mm-hmm. of it, you know, and I feel like it's really just falling in line with the way the world is moving right now. Mm-hmm. like being able to connect over the over the internet and share knowledge that the way like in the way that we do wasn't really available not very long ago, you know, like even ten years ago, um Zoom calls weren't a normal thing. Probably even like five years ago, mm-hmm. Zoom calls weren't a normal thing, but like even just to um, I don't know, access to knowledge. Like there's not a lot of books written on intimate apparel and the knowledge that's there, like I'm finding is, it's, it's like locked into this older generation. That's Mm. not really just, this is just from my experience. I haven't talked to everybody in the world. Right. But there's, there's not a lot of people (laughs) who are willing, (laughs) they don't want to, or like they, maybe they want to share their knowledge, but they don't have the time to share it. Um, And yeah. Like that's, that's what I'm interested in. Like I would, I want to unlock that, like mm. that knowledge that's like locked into like this, this older generation. Um, I, I know there's people willing to pass it along, but it's mm. just a matter of like trying to f-
0: make it happen, I guess. <laughs> Invite it to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. Um, Such precious knowledge which is dying out certainly in the uk Um, it feels like that where we had a really strong large um, lingerie and manufacturing industry Um, and there's really not much of it left but there is still that the skill set at that level and it's really important that we find a way for that to be passed down in the same way what we're doing now what your generation is doing now with these workshops it's about facilitating yeah that transfer of knowledge and the culture where it's nice and healthy to you know pass this down to teach the next generation um because it would be i think we are there is a danger of us losing a lot of it um and i would so hugely welcome those more experienced um practitioners into the collective um we we have some and uh I've definitely experienced more fear at that level and the the journey around connection and building trust takes longer um but I would love to yeah call that in welcome anyone in to try it out and see if we can find the way that feels the most comfortable to be able to make sure that those skill sets get get passed down okay um I, I
2: have I have a few questions left and then we can I don't know if it, the conversation is going to go anywhere else or if we're we can invite it to go in any direction um where do you see the IETC growing into or what how do you see it how do, how does it look in the future let's do a let's do like maybe like a one year and a five year yeah
0: I would love your perspective guys on this actually oh I mean I'll share mine too but it would be nice to have a little round table on that because obviously we, we all have a unique perspective um I mean for me the, mo- the momentum and the growth has been really organic and it's fantastic what we've achieved in just over a year um and I, I'm just really happy for that, to see where it goes organically. I'm sure it will continue to grow and evolve. And I try not to put too much structure around how that's going to look. We very much plan month to month and build the structure out depending on what the members need. And so that that's my approach, to not plan too far ahead, but to keep being connected to what what this community needs and then it can surprise us I think all the amazing things that have happened have just surprised us so far don't you think Sophia like with the Interfilia project it just it just comes up with the workshops with this collaboration between you two it's just been organic I don't think six months ago you could have planned for that yeah I
1: think I think that's the nice thing about the collective and also like with your plant metaphor <laughs> I think it's it's like we you are planting a seed but you don't know <laughs> which plant it, it what is what it's gonna to be it yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 what color the flower is gonna be yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's but like it's that. going
1: to give flou- flowers
0: so <laughs> yeah
2: oh but- I love that answer <laughs> yeah no it's so good you're right yeah I like that it's uh you know what honestly like when you said you'd like to hear our our opinions. I've really just been jo- enjoying like following your lead, like <laughs> like, oh, like where, what, 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 you know, Nicola wants to do next with this or like what, what direction it goes in. So, um, yeah, I, I also definitely see it growing. Like there's, um, there's just such good conversations always surrounding it. Like, um, it was nice to do this podcast because when we do the, uh, our monthly meetings we don't always get to sit and just sort of talk to each other exactly on on what we're thinking and how we're feeling it's always like sort of more planning stuff or or listening to other what what else is going on in the meeting um so so yeah mm-hmm. I like, i'm like i'm just i'm interested in seeing just to what it grows into as well i love the plant metaphor <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: i think okay uh oh sorry no, no go ahead sophia no, like I think that the good thing about the collective is that it's not, it doesn't have like a, a limit on what it can be. Like it can be whatever we want it to be. It can grow. It can remain. Like it can grow in so many ways that don't have to be uh, linked to how many people are inside the collective like yeah maybe yeah maybe we don't need to have a collective with thousands of people we just need to have a collective mm-hmm. that works for the people who are in it
0: so oh yeah absolutely I love that that's some, that's that's been a real learning for me um that it isn't about the numbers I think we had sort of a steep um growth in the numbers and we're like oh it's 100 and then it got over 100 and up to 150 and then it sort of occurred to me no it's not about that's not that what it's about you know getting as many people as possible it's about being a a, a community that works and there, there's probably going to be an optimum number for that right we will probably find actually it works better at, at this amount And it might be smaller than it is now or bigger i don't know or maybe it will branch off into different villages i don't know but um yeah it's definitely not about growth in that in that way you know it's not about linear growth in terms of people or or money at all it's about it's more about regenerative circular growth where we we enrich what is already here so that it can sustain for future generations
2: yeah a big part of the collective um i feel like we haven't gone back to this but um a lot of the reasons why we were attracted to it when it first started out we talked a lot more about um sustainability and the way that we can build sustainability into the collective into the industry for intimate apparel and how we're how other people are are building sustainability into it and so it's nice to see it reflected also in the structure of the collective as well right like it's not just about Mm -hmm. growing the collective it's about using it to cultivate something that can sustain itself. Like, and it's exactly what we were saying. Like when me and Sophia connected, it's nice that we both were, be- we were both able to exchange value, valuable knowledge with each other. And um, I, that's what I'd like to see. Yeah. I would like to see the collective growing in that direction for
0: sure. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's about standing service. St- sustainable culture in everything we do and that that was the that was the the drive in me to start it you know there was the desire of I want connection but I also recognized that was about sustainability for me personally and also the industry and and that link that's so hard to describe but the link between how we connect to other human beings and how we connect to our our environment, How how we really feel. And when we're in sort of true alignment with ourselves and with the right people, things are just more easeful and cause less harm. There's less waste. It just flows. You know, it's just efficient. When there's sort of a toxic culture or fear uncomfortable feelings we get this sort of scarcity mindset needing to make money needing to survive and that leads to conflict waste less efficiencies yeah
1: like I actually don't think like growth is always good (laughs) like we are in the in the society that we live in it's always more 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 like produce more stuff and buy more stuff and gain more money and whatever but i i think the important part is that you can keep evolving whatever you are doing like the collective can keep evolving but not necessarily growing like more why more like it's maybe it's better to yeah, to refine what we can do to make it more valuable for the people that come to us. So, mm. yeah, I think the 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 goal maybe is more like evolve in the way that we want it to evolve <laughs> instead of letting it get bigger and bigger without any kind of thought behind it.
0: Mm. Yeah, 100% oh it's so good yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah like really
2: special. The, the less but better you know the like we don't need to to keep growing it's just like same thing with the approach to how much clothes you have like you don't need yeah. a, like an overflowing closet you just need the right clothes in your closet that make you yeah. satisfied mm-hmm.
1: yeah
2: yeah such a good such a good that was juicy um i'm out of questions so (laughs) how long how long have we been going for are we uh close to an hour here 53 minutes
0: recording okay
2: so that's appropriate and then we have the few a few from before um i'm starting to wrap up the podcast with um what's your favorite your favorite part and your least favorite part about being a designer or about whatever you do
0: Okay. Mm. My favorite part, my favorite part about what I do with the collective and with bold intimates is that working at that intersection between technical accuracy and being a human and yeah for me that's why I love intimate apparel generally so much because it is so intimate you can't design a good product without having awareness of the person's intimate experience around it whether that's physically or emotionally or mentally that's my favorite part of my work generally in the world and my least favorite part. Hmm. Mm. What's my least favorite part? I'm so lucky that I love. I love my work. Um. I find one thing I find challenging, and this this may be surprising. I don't know. I find chal- challenging, balancing the amount of connection. And um, so certainly, as the collective grows. I'm speaking to a lot of people all the time about different things. And I sort of feel like a a funnel. Um and so that's sort of been a skill I have to learn to hold a lot of different connections, which can feel tiring and overwhelming. And then yeah, develop those skills to be able to um discern um sort of with human and professional integrity the you know the right way to act and yeah and be in that situation that's very
1: nice <laughs> yeah and I, I think I can relate a bit to that last part because I'm an introvert like very very introverted <laughs> person so I I like connecting with people and I think it's one of the parts of my job that I like the most but also it it tires me a lot. like it drains my energy mm. but yeah but i think my favorite part aside from that like from connecting with people that are all around the world and everything i think i like the problem solving part of being a designer slash pattern maker i like Like when people come to me with a problem and the problem can be a pattern and the problem can be like create a collection with these budget constraints or fabric constraints or whatever. I like that part, the problem solving part, like solving a puzzle. And I think my least favorite part is the stress. That I think in the fashion industry, we also have been told, aside from being very competitive, it's also everything is moving so fast But I don't know why (laughs) everything has to be so fast like this pattern is for tomorrow but why like Mm -hmm. nobody's going to die tomorrow if if the pattern is not made or something like that so I I, I really dislike that about and I think most of the stress is because we don't plan well like most of the stress we could um, avoid if we organize things in a better way, maybe like being more uh, conscious about the time we have available and about the importance of the things. Like, yeah, like if we put um, reasonable deadlines, we wouldn't have to be hurrying everything to meet those deadlines, but Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) And truly- So if everybody was problem
2: solving, oh, (laughs) don't shut it back at me. Um, uh, <clears throat> my yeah I don't know I don't want to I don't want to just copy your answer but I definitely love the problem solving <laughs> side of it <laughs> exactly what you guys just said um, <laughs> I, I definitely love the problem side the problem solving side of it especially working with patterns like I feel like um yeah just figuring out where you have to make the changes to make something work or or why the change that you made didn't work on the last you know the last version of what you did I really really enjoy doing that I really enjoy learning um like I love practicing in clothes 3d and trying to make the garment that I'm making in clothes 3d as accurate as possible to a garment that exists in in real life um least favorite part of it um I don't know just this the like the constant um like not knowing what's going to be around the corner next like always being unsure about what is coming up if that makes sense like like work-wise like um I don't know it's just always like that's more of a freelance thing like always not knowing what what the next thing is going to be yeah that's a thing (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) (laughs) but then it it always like because I I talk to my husband about it all the time there there's always something like that something always like Um, presents itself nicholas said that to me once and it like has rung in my brain (laughs) since like like i I, like we talk about work or whatever and i'd be like things are slow and and you were like opportunities will present themselves and they have and they do so yeah it's just trusting that that what you're doing that the the energy that you're putting out into the world is is Mm. useful and it it will be found by the people who need it
0: yes absolutely and uh being consistent you know with your energy and and as you say trust it's so important that you just trust that you being you and standing in that will attract the right people and and there will be peaks and troughs um and that certainly when you're freelancing and there's less structure or long longer term clients and contracts you know I've been doing it for probably eight years now something like that um and there really are peaks and troughs I've actually started we're going off on a tangent now but I've actually started plotting the year because there there are patterns to it there's there are annual patterns and a lot of it when you're a freelancer is about the the energy of the industry for, so for example like my December is always really quiet And I always panic because, like, I I need money in December, you know, and it's the end of the year, and 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 it goes so quiet, and then yeah, February and March are usually um, really busy, Um, but yeah, it will it will always overall be just the right amount.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's a good place to end it. You guys, thank you so much for being here and <laughs> putting up with my rambliness and, and just being on the podcast and being part of the collective and making the collective happen. I, I really love it. Um and
0: uh yeah, I think that's thank it. Thank you so much. Thank you, you so were much. great. <laughs> and I've loved it as always. And let's yeah, catch up again soon. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs>
2: Hello, you're back. <laughs> I think I'm gonna call it, Nick. We'll just we'll we'll try it another,
0: another day. Okay. I've just I've just gone back onto Wi-Fi, so I usually use Zoom on Wi-Fi for work at home, and it's fine. So I feel like we could just try that as the last
2: thing. You want want to give it one last try? Are you guys okay one... with time? Like we're I know we've been doing this for forty minutes now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'd rather i'd rather do it now we're here you Let's want to get just it do done. this, this okay. one last thing and okay one we last we'll try not try this and if it yeah if it if something happens again that's it and we'll we'll rearrange when i'm in the office
2: okay okay my my screen shows that we're still recording and um, yeah the previous recording we got we got some of it but maybe just start maybe just start again from um what do you what's what's the what's the collective
0: what is it yeah sure I mean the universe so really look, wants me to find this <laughs> well today. Obviously, obviously doing a rubbish job
1: <laughs> <laughs> was, think like, of it again. like perfecting your feet. so <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for sure